<laughs> we're so happy because we're not in the places we usually are. Because we're not in the big city and it's nice out here in the boonies. Welcome to episode 13 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne coming to you from southeastern Tennessee. I am with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace, ordinarily in New York, but currently in Maine, I think. In Maine, yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We are both renegades from our towns and from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interest, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so you can see the world is not random and chaotic, but part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles strongly suggest there's a greater consciousness unfolding us, moving through us and around us, and there is a larger intelligence that is more awesome than we humans will ever be, even if we're amazing. And even if we don't understand just what these cosmic impulses are or where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and most importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in the unfoldment of what our universe has in store. So that's who we are. And what we're going to do in this episode is we are going to review what happened the last time that we told you to watch out for certain transits. Uh, and one of them in particular that we were uh, concerned about was Mars conjunct Uranus and Taurus with the North node. I think in the show notes, I wrote South node in our script here, but the North node. And we're going to talk today about um, Elizabeth has some charts in the news for us. We may very well talk about the upcoming full moon. You want to start? What have you okay. got for us? The story so far. So let's talk about what happened last week that, well, based on what we asked you to look out for two weeks ago. So the big ticket pattern that had everybody all buzzed out was Monday, August 1st, we had a conjunction between Mars, the energy of action and aggression and assertion, which was meeting up with Uranus. So I, that's how I pronounce it, Uranus, which is the disruptor, the flash out of the blue, high tech technology, aviation, science, all this stuff is, is very much keyed into to that. Those those are key words in the language of astrology for what Uranus represents. And adding to that factor was this thing called the North Node, which adds a faded, I would say, adds a faded quality to the disruptive acts of aggression and and potential technological advancement that we might see happening uh, in the wake of that thing that happened on on. Um, on Monday, August 1st. And the cool, 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 cool thing. I mean, the way I wrote it, because what had happened that weekend, the Sunday before the Monday, okay, the Sunday before the Monday, what I had written in my forecast was we had something to the effect of the sun, which refers to leaders, was trying to Jupiter, which is a confidence building potential. You know, somebody is feeling quite grand and special. And what I had written the flow of action over that weekend would be likely that some grand leader would be feeling quite confident. And this would lead to a daring, potentially reckless, Mm. groundbreaking, surprising act of assertion slash aggression. Yep. 
Yeah. And so, you know, and so, th- so then, you know, so this is what astrologers do. Well, you are like charting world events, right? You say something, you know, 10 days before the day happens, and then you're sitting there biting your nails, waiting for something to happen because <laughs> not you, you. No, I, no, I don't No, I know I, what I do is I'm going, okay, where is it? Come on, where is it? Because I said, <laughs> where is it? The patterns are saying, and what they said was being here comes President Biden. Uh, I think it was on Sunday saying we're going to have I'm going to have a little chat with the nation because um, we have done a surgical strike. We we surgically targeted and took out um, a man who's Al-Zwahiri. Al-Zwahiri. Yeah, they took that person out and it was, you know, he's like he walked out onto his balcony, maybe like a Vita. And um, <laughs> I don't think it was quite like that. Probably wasn't quite that. Well, you know, the sun trying Jupiter, it was sun and Leo. I mean, this potential grand drama here. So he walks out onto his balcony and um, lo and behold, there was a drone and it was a very nasty drone. And, and that was it. And his, you know, the, the, you know, no, nobody else, there was no other quote unquote collateral damage. None of his family were harmed except that they just lost a person in their family, but whatever. Um, you know, cause <laughs> I suppose you're sanguine about it because he was the number two terrorist involved in the downing of, uh, the world trade center. That's who he was. He was, um, Osama bin Laden's right-hand man. Right. Exactly. And so exactly. And so it was appropriate that he be brought to some, uh, accountability for his, for his actions. Um, so we had two, we had two, we had a confluence then of two major transits. So you have the one that you're talking about that was, um, about a, a daring act by a, um, by a leader, a leader, Mm -hmm. but we also had with Mars aggression, um, conjoining Uranus surprise in mm-hmm. Taurus, something um, exploding and mm-hmm. North Node, very public. And mm-hmm. he'd come out on his balcony, which is a public place. And then mm-hmm. all of the above happened at once. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it was interesting because, you know, it's not just going to be a singular event that reflects these planetary patterns. What I saw on my Twitter feed, there was a, a woman who reports on Ukraine. And over that same weekend, there was, I wrote about it in my forecast. So I have to get, I have to get to his name. So I, uh, it was a targeted missile strike that killed, and I, I know I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, uh, but a, a man named Oleksiy Vatatursky, who was, quote, founder of a Nibulon grain transportation company, which was a high-tech giant, which made it possible to feed hundreds of millions of people worldwide. News of his death was described as, quote, as, quote, earth shaking, which is the mm. kind of seismic thing that you mm. would get with a Mars Uranus pattern. Yeah. And so it wasn't just, you know, news from our perspective, but here's another, here's another incident where the same kind of surgical strike surprise disruption thing happened. Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to emphasize that, you know, of all the days, because obviously this has been something that they were planning on doing. They were ready to do it. But of all yeah. the days, really, of all the days, of all the days, <laughs> of all the days that they did this, you know, and, and I love how they were talking about the precision of the whole thing because they did it on a day with moon, moon and Virgo, you know, so it was going to be precise. So it was nothing mm-hmm. going to be sloppy that was going to happen here. It was going to be perfect. And you, and this is where it you was. wonder if, you know, you wonder, you know, which who's, you know, is the cart leading the horse or is the chicken coming before the egg? And no, they didn't have an astrologer. We know they didn't have an astrologer. <laughs> and yet these, but, but these events are going to reflect this perfect thing. Here's another cool thing that happened, which 
which uh, this story last week, um, it, as what's, what's happening is, so the planet, Saturn, the energy of control, the energy of, of uh, confinement, the old guard, the structure, the blocks, and Uranus, the energy of break everything up. Let's take a risk. Let's have the future. These two planets are moving. They're very close together, almost almost in, a, in an aspect that we call an, a square, a 90 degree square. And we've been talking a lot about how Saturn and Neptune are in this relationship where you have a planet that when one planet connects with Saturn, it's connecting with the uh, with Neptune. So we we ha so which is reality and the unreality. So that that's but now what's happening with what we're seeing is um, with Saturn and Uranus, planets are hitting one entity and then immediately going on to the next. So right. Mars yeah. was connected with. Uranus last week, and then just over this weekend, it connected with Saturn, old guard versus avant-garde, old guard versus new. And so one of the things that was really interesting that came out of this, there is a point to this. I do have one. I think, I think somebody's, I, I, think <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> some, some, some famous columnist says, I, I do have a point here. Um, the pig hearts, the pig parts. Do you hear this story? I don't, nope, I don't okay, know anything this, about this. This, okay, the pig parts are huge. Scientists announced that they have successfully reanimated pig parts, hearts, body parts. They they can they can start the engine like you turn a car over, right? Except a car, unless it's named Christine and exists in a Stephen King novel, doesn't have <laughs> consciousness and doesn't have a soul. Okay, so wait. So what? What are you talking about? They. What so do you what mean? They, they reanimate, reanimate them. They, they got the heart to beat. They got. They got the heart. They got. They got the organs to function. So, so okay. I have not. Okay. I have not done my deep dive into all of the the, the you know the research and reading all reading every detail of exactly what they've been able to do. But the you know the headline is scientists have been able to revive a dead pig part. So this Goodness. is, huge I don't news. even know what to think about that. So I'm, I guess what oh, you're yeah, saying well, is Saturn so dead, lifeless, cold, rigid, and then Uranus uh, spark. The, te the technology comes in and gives it that spark, but there's no soul. So, so immediately I'm thinking, Ew. well, isn't that yeah. going to turn the, isn't that going to turn the, 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 you know, the arguments over women's reproductive health care? You know, what does that say? Science is going, Hey, we can, we can bring a pig heart back to life, but there's no pig here. It's just a part. There's no soul consciousness. Babe wow. the pig isn't running around, you know? Wilbur wow. the pig isn't running around because we've been able to start this thing up. But we've wow, got it that, running. Wow. I uh, know. So Do you know, so I've actually no, I I I really um this will be the first time I've ever said this publicly, frankly. But I have always wondered if um if the debate around when life begins came comes down to when the soul actually enters Thank the, you. the fetus. I've always wondered about that. And then I guess I, I've kept it to myself just because, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. I get so annoyed that this is such a political conversation because it is so personal and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, yeah, just to hear men talking about it, like, like 
I know it just, women don't do these kinds of things to their bodies because they have nothing better to do. (laughs) And, and they take these, you know, they take these kinds of decisions very deeply, seriously. And I've just always wondered, you know, if, if the soul and, and if, and if what I'm saying actually is true, maybe it's possible. Some souls just want to know what it's like to be in utero and that's plenty. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you could have all kinds of arguments that we don't conclusively know the answer to in our current human form, because there is some argument for those who believe in reincarnation that we agree to forget everything about that when we take on this form and play this part on the stage that we're living on. Yeah. I mean, I did not hear of this story, but wow. This story. Yeah. Yeah. That, Thank you so much I, for bringing that up. I'm so glad that you caught this. This is definitely going to get people's attention. Well, and, I, and maybe yeah. we'll have some interesting comments from this. I mean, this is very provocative, but I think in a positive way. I mean, you know, the, the you know, the, the proactive, you know, the, the the way they've spun it is they're like, oh, this is going to be fantastic for you know people who need an organ transplant because maybe we'll just be able to jumpstart something that's, you know, jumpstart doesn't have to be rushed, you know, from a, a barely, you know, dead person, you know, the thing could be, you know, if the thing, if your liver or something is expired, well, you can just give it a jumpstart and pop it in the oven or what, whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know easy bake liver, <laughs> easy bake liver. Uh, it's, but, but the, but what's in, but I appreciated, and like I said, the very shallow uh, waters that I was treading in with the story, I haven't gone into all the, the depth of it, was they were saying, yeah, but we couldn't really bring the, the pig itself back, just the parts. There's no gosh, you know, the implications for medicine in the, in the um, dawning age of Aquarius, mm-hmm. fascinating, because, you know, it will continue to get more and more technological. And yet, um, then what do we do about the question of soul? What have we right. learned from the age of Pisces? Right. Oh my gosh. I don't soul, have an answer, what is this? But... I mean, I used to tell people flippantly that this body is a rental unit. You know, the soul comes in the body. It has a certain agenda. I mean, there's a whole many, many. Spiritual... Well, now that's in contrast to most people saying the body is the temple of the soul, but you're saying, no, it's just a storage locker. <laughs> it's a, it's a storage locker. Well, you, if you treat it as a temple, it'll probably treat you better than a storage locker. <laughs> clean out the, you know, clean out the cobwebs and make sure there are no mice running around in your storage locker. Probably a good idea. Hmm. <laughs> wow. What, what? Well, listen, I want to throw this in here too, because All I right. know that a lot of people, um, I got some interesting emails about, uh, I, I was going to flip this guy off in traffic today, but I had listened to your podcast. So I didn't. <laughs> very, very, very good. Well, and I'm done. happy about that, but, but I wanted to throw this in there, you know, not all of the transits that we call attention to are going to happen externally. So I wanted to share a personal, I, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I did want to share that, um, personally for me, I did experience the, um, the shocking um, nature of Uranus, Mars, Taurus, North Node. So I'll give you a little bit of details, but I I wanted to just throw this out there so that if people are thinking to themselves, well, I didn't get into a car accident, nobody flipped me off and um, no one pointed a drone strike at my home. So, (laughs) so 
things can still be very, (laughs) very um, impactful without actually having shrapnel. Okay. Um, So one thing I wanted to just, I had two things happen. One is that a, a family member announced some surprising news in a slightly aggressive way that we found earth shattering. Um, so that was one thing that happened on that day. And um, did just, everyone survive? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, but everyone okay. is, um, is everybody was a little shaken up. So, okay. No, and it wasn't, was, like it, it, was, a, was it, a, was it like, was this family person making a statement of, of, of independence? Yes. Ah, now that so. fits the pattern. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, I sent you the links. I don't know if you saw this. My son came to visit down here in Tennessee and he gave a surprise concert. So to me, this was like, what? You're doing what? I didn't realize it was going to be a concert. Um, I knew he was coming down to sing. And anyway, for whatever reason, I didn't know that there was a concert planned. <laughs> so it was this public event that I was clueless about. However, as he was planning it, he, he then asked me to sing with him. So I participated in the concert and um Whitney sings I do you've been holding out (laughs) well if you watched the videos I sent you you'd have seen that (laughs) busted girl (laughs) no I haven't watched them because I've been working on a forecast for this week but I'm going to and I read read the headline (laughs) but not only did not only did I sing um I played the spoons (laughs) (laughs) And I like to say that I'm self-taught on the spoons. <laughs> you like a good old hillbilly. Any, I know how to play my spoons. Any, do you have any close at hand? You can give us a little concert, a little, a little sampling. Maybe weave that in as a, as a, as a musical interlude. It was, know. it was meant to be a joke. I was teasing my son because he was singing. He sang a whole bunch of really beautiful songs and, and we duetted on a Taylor Swift song, which I was, you know, there's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was really, it was lovely. It was a, a song from her folk song album. And uh, then he, he performed a Hank Williams song and I was just teasing him because, um, cause you know, I could, it's Tennessee and you know, my grandmother was a banjo champion literally. So I was like, well, what can wow. I do? Cause I can't play the banjo. So I whipped out the spoons and then my son was like, Oh, that's fantastic. You're going to, you're going to do that. So I played spoons on stage. <laughs> that is awesome. That was, is just great. awesome. Okay. What date was that? Uh, well, the concert itself was on August the 3rd, but we okay. began, like I found out about it on August 1st. And then he asked me to perform with him on August the 1st. Very, very. And cool. this other thing about the whole concert was, is that my son's music is very edgy. So I was worried, you know, he was going to perform in front of all these old Baptist people. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be beautiful and they loved it. So I'll count that as a surprise too. Anyway. Yeah. So, so that, you know, look, that's an, that to me was a personal, um, experience of this transit in a way that I didn't anticipate and that I found invigorating mm-hmm. and also very meaningful. So, mm. um, just take that to heart folks. If, if we scared you, sorry, <laughs> but I think that it's healthy. I have said this before in off mic with Elizabeth. Sometimes I, I, um, you know, I would rather err on the side of really putting a little bit of the hair on the back of my client's neck up. If, if I think that a, a, a transit is one that they really need to pay attention to. And then if it passes, you know, <laughs> with the blood on the door as the, as, you right. know, and it makes it go past. 
great, but I would rather you be prepared and a little nervous than underprepared and then angry. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so let's talk about some other stuff. I was going to move on to the full moon, but what else have you got? Okay. So others, well, you know, we've had some just, uh, so, uh, the headlines yesterday were, were fabulous. So we, so we went from the Mars Uranus that spark. Oh, and then part of, part of that surprise, I think was, was, was all of the revelations that all of a sudden Joe Manchin is, is going to, you know, signed on to the democratic big, the, the whole thing. I'm sorry. Whole, I can't even get my head around that. <laughs> it, it, well, but again, you know, we were talking about Chuck Schumer and how his horoscope has Pluto sitting right on the ascendant. So that is a powerful, that's a marker for potential empowerment. And Pluto is also uh, exactly squaring Vice President Kamala Harris's sun in Libra, moon in Aries. She has to be first at everything, opposition. And it was fascinating to see how Pluto hits Chuck Schumer's ascendant for the second time within a few days. I've looked it up, but I can't remember the exact day, but within, it's like within a few days of where we are now. And he's able to push this, uh, this package through the Senate where it will now be taken up by the house. And that Kamala Harris, you know, people have been going, I mean, and I've been saying, people are like, what, where has she been? As Neptune squares her ascendant, you know, casting this diffuse fog over her presentation to the world. People are like, where is she? She's like nowhere. But astrologers can also see (laughs) that Pluto is squaring her sun and moon. So that is a push for empowerment. It has to happen. And so there she was yesterday, you know, as they were making that vote and announcing that vote saying, you know, 50 opposed. I'm the vice president. I'm voting in the affirmative people. (laughs) 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 The motion passes. She had the power. As this Venus, Venus, I got the power. Condition. I got the power. Yeah, right. Exactly. Power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> we could. I mean, we couldn't pass the, that moment by without you singing. And you know, we now that you sing. know, now the secret's out. I sing too. We both sing. So <laughs> one day, a duet. It's coming, people. It's coming. Send in your song requests. So, but anyway, so so that was really cool. Is that how how this thing broke? And so they're rolling into the weekend, and and now we have. the mars saturn so we go from the mars uranus boom surprise shock value and now mars saturn which is and mars is in taurus where it's like the the you know the 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 immovable object and so you're reading the headlines as i was writing another forecast yesterday in the washington post the very words they're using to describe the action in the senate the senate is inching along on this passage of the inflation reduction we're going to streamline it act in a marathon meaning you need you need like you know total a million energy bars to get through this yeah mars and taurus they pulled an all-nighter debate because it was moon and sagittarius (laughs) a million energy bars well there you go that's uranus (laughs) unless you're marco rubio who was whining about they canceled my flight yeah well maybe you should regulate the airlines 
<laughs> or put on a mask so people won't get COVID and then they'll have staff that they don't have to cancel your flight. Or, hey, invest in climate change so it's not a heat, 8 million degrees out and the runways aren't melting. And then you, you know, can we fly may on wanna, time, Senator We Rubio. may want to talk about what is going on. Well, finish your thought, because I have a question astrologically about the transits that might be surrounding why nobody seems to be able to find enough workers in anything. I just came back from the post office and the lady was telling me about how they're all working double shifts and her car is all beat up because she's having to do the uh, rural route deliveries because they didn't give enough cars or people. To, it's a mess, she said. She said, we haven't had enough people for a year and a half. And I was like, well, I thought they cut the budget. She's like, no, we got the money. We can't find the people. Well, I mean, the jobs numbers that came out on Friday. Oh, it was so much fun. Oh, they weren't expecting that. Oh, they, well, they were so hoping they were so some people were so hoping it was going to be horrible. But surprise, surprise. Well, surprise. Okay, so I have had my exposure to Fox noise in a way that I have never been exposed to it before. And uh, that didn't get announced. I'll just have you know, I've had to hear that as my as the soundtrack of my life lately. And uh, I can tell you that that never made it to those airwaves. So, however, before we get into talking about that, go back to what you just said, though. I just realized, yeah, streamlining or not having Uranus and Taurus supply chain. Supply where, chain. Yeah, that's really in Saturn. Yeah, that that answered my own question. This yeah, is why we can't Saturn. find enough people to get things done is because um, disruption to the process. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, if you if you look in the bigger picture, well, Neptune has moved on, but back in the, because it's always cycles upon cycles upon cycles, and you have to just have them all running in your head. So in the 1960s, 65, Well, that's 66, why we rely on you. Because <laughs> you do. Thanks. I do not. I cannot. The, the mechanisms of my mind do not ever come close to how yours work. <laughs> well, anyway, so the, the, so the Uranus-Pluto conjunction in 66 and 65, and thank you for that, um, it's true. It happened at around 19, 18 degrees of Virgo. And so that was a lot about the revolution of workers. There were seeds planted at that time. And so you track it. Okay. Neptune moves really, really slowly. Neptune was at 19 degrees Pisces opposing that period in the sixties. So how is that going to affect work? The revolution, you know, is there going to be some kind of meltdown? What's going to happen? And so I think Neptune was around 19 uh it, it rolling into this pandemic and so um things started to melt down yeah I well, and, and i think but and then the the uranus the saturn uranus square the disruption of the supply the supply maybe of human bodies too well i don't know i don't want to get i don't want to like stretch the analogies too much but i do think the supply chains being disrupted mm -hmm. is is valid enough i mean as far mm -hmm. as workers not having enough workers and that sort of thing um I think that the Saturn square um, Uranus and Saturn coming out of Aquarius where, you know, that is the people. So, you know, like a shifting or a, a, some sort of shift in the way that the people move. So I, I think that does answer my question, but back to your, uh, your headline there about the numbers, you know, the job numbers being a little bit of a surprise. There we go with Uranus again. Uranus is just kind of kicking a lot of people's asses. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And so the other thing that happened, so, so the other thing that happened that was so interesting as, as, you know, watching the forces pull together with the PACDAC, the, the, um, you know, the veterans 
healthcare bill for, for victims oh, of burn that's pits. what I wanted to say. That reminds me as when, let me just throw this in. You were talking about Schumer getting powerful. And mm-hmm. I was remembering that we had talked about um, McConnell was going to have a message and I had cut mm-hmm. it out when I was producing the, um, that episode. But I, I, what I had said at the time was, Oh, he's going to be snipping. He's going to come out and he's going to, he's going to scold people. And sure enough, I should have left that in man. Cause I got that bang on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You did. You called it. Yeah. So, but anyway, but what, so what happened is, all right. So Mars, Mars hit Uranus. And then the next day, Tuesday, the second Venus connected with Uranus and Mars in a 24 hour period, which we would see as, Hey people, let's have the energy of Venus, which is social expression and values. This is a cooperative aspect. The connection with Mars is like, Hey, let's get along. Let's bring the forces together. The connection with Uranus is like, let's bring in some unconventional allies. And so they Mm. were able to get that bill passed Mm -hmm. on that day. I I believe it happened on Tuesday or in the aftermath, which I thought was pretty, pretty, pretty neat. And so now what's happening this week, okay, this week, now it's the sun's turn at that to, to bounce from one planet that's in a tense pattern to another. So on this full moon, we've got the sun which represents leaders in the heart, leaders of business, leaders of state, ego expression. The sun will square Uranus on the, mor- on the morning of the 11th, which is also a full moon. And then it will be opposed by Saturn on the 14th. So we're going to get this disruption, rebellion, unconventional shakeup thing, followed by the need for streamlining, control, discipline, on Sunday. When the Wait, I'm having deja vu because didn't we have something like this in 2020 or am I making that up? Is this, well, we, is this the degree? Have, no. Yeah. And now. Saturn didn't get into Aquarius until the end of 2020. All right. never mind. No, I don't know. What but, I'm just but, but, but this full moon at 20, you know, it's 19 Aquarius. You, you know, roll it up to 20 degrees. If you want to use the Sabian symbols, which we talked about last time, we, we explained mm-hmm. all that. So go back and listen to that podcast episode 12, where we talk about the Sabian symbols and explain how they came. I, in my research, as I'm writing the forecast, that's at graceastrology.com folks. If you want to see that forecast and you should subscribe to it. Um, Grace astrology, like amazing grace, graceastrology.com. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. thank you. Anyway. So the new moon of February, 2016 was 20 degrees Aquarius, which is the full moon we're having now. And I've noticed with these lunations, these new moons and full moons that we've been having, they keep calling back. It's like we're reliving the 2016 presidential campaign. Every wait, wait every think, every full moon or just the ones in Aquarius. The new, the new moons and uh, many of the new moon and full moons, the lunations that we've had in 2022, can be traced back to a lunation meaning a new moon or a full moon that was going on in 2015 or 2016 before the 2016 election. This is how planetary, well, this full moon, for example, the moon is going to be at 19 degrees Aquarius. You round it up to 20. If you want to talk about the Sabian symbol for that, to to get some meaning from it. This was the new moon in February of 2016. And I think I have this. Yeah. February 8th, 2016. Oh, so what you're saying is, is that the Sabian symbol is going to be the same. The Sabian symbol, which is 20 degrees of Aquarius, a big white dove, a message bearer. I haven't finished. 
I haven't finished working through the Sabian symbols for this full moon yet. So I've only been looking at the moon. I haven't looked at the sun yet. Um, so the, the symbol, which I find fascinating, this big white dove, a message bearer, communication born by a creature of the sky, a peaceful message from a heavenly source. It's really interesting that that came up in February of 2016. And then I went and looked to see what, what kind of headlines came in the aftermath of that. And one of the things that came up was just so profound. Scientists picked up some cosmic transmission. It was like listening to the heartbeat of the galaxy or something. It was just profound audio recording. Where they That sounds amazing. It. And I vaguely remember amazing. that. However, what does that have to do with the election though? Well, what I'm... Well, it's, well, I think it has a lot to do with the election in terms of how, as we've been going along in 2022 and 2021, we keep revisiting, how did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? You know, uh, in more ways any, than one. Yeah. The profound question we, of what, what's it all we, about, Alfie? <laughs> how, how did we get here? I mean, I'm, I'm looking to people and entities I follow on Twitter and I'm here's somebody going, this is duty to warn. They were a group of people that, that banded together. They're psychologists oh, yeah, and, no. and they're like, they're like, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson. We can't yeah. diagnose people, but this guy doesn't look like he's functioning in a healthy manner, even though we can't tell you that because we don't have him in our office, right? So so they're asking this rhetorical question. But today they're, they're st- still asking this rhetorical question. Here it is, 2022, six years since we had this last, you know, we went through, we, we sort of activated all these symbols before. And yet here is somebody still wondering how, how did this person ever get into be in a position? How, how did this person ever wield such an effect on a nation? You know, what in the world happened here? And so I just find it interesting. I'm, I'm continually being presented with, you know, the seeds being planted or the revelation being planted on this full moon, for example, which I think is going to have a lot to do with what was going on in, in 2016. It's just more information. We use these lunations, we use these lunar cycles as timing tools. We can use them to determine when an agenda item, something that was hot at a certain point, we can anticipate when that item might come up again to be part of our conscious discussion. Well, I, all right. So just me being me thinking about what I think about, I can I think that I can tie in with what you're actually using the the cosmos <laughs> to to use for time or to predict timing wise. Um, I don't think that it's a mystery that we ended up where we ended up and with whom we ended up as president well, because it's the natural progression of the end of the Capricorn experience of Pluto breaking everything up in that in that uh, sign. Because, you know, this is hierarchy coming to its natural conclusion. We have taken it as far as it can go and it's going to splinter and be corrupt and be divisive and all of this sort of thing. So, you know, the more that Pluto pounds away in the late degrees of Capricorn, I think that the more we're going to see, and yes, we can use the lunations to say, well, this will be the week that we hear more about it or we get more evidence or whatever. But, you know, to me, it's not, it's, it's not a mystery. It's, it's kind of like, well, this is just the natural conclusion to what we've been experiencing and watching. It's going to be now, what do we do about it? Yeah. 
Well, anyway, I think if so people we- go back to episode 10, I think it was episode 10, maybe it was 11. I think it was episode 10. And they listen to your expert uh, delineation of what's going to be happening between now and 2025. People have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen <laughs> and where we can go and what we can expect and how we can act and, you know, jump that pig heart and all <laughs> Jump the pig heart. That's gonna that's gonna challenge the notion. It's well, you know, here comes this pig part. The pig parts. It was more than a heart. The pig parts are gonna start challenging the notion of you know. Okay, fine. Life begins at something, but what is this life? What is it? There's no consciousness here. Does that matter? You know, this pig this pig heart isn't gonna be. You know, it's not gonna be doing anything. It's sitting there idling in the garage. Yeah. Well, before um, I, I keep you pulled away from whatever point you were actually going to make about the new mm. moon, unless, I mean, unless you, you actually did, I, I really well, do I, think, well I, well, I wanted to say one thing about the full moon the, yeah. the, 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 that, you know, if you've been listening to us talk since April, when we first started talking about the eclipses of this year, the one we had on April 30th and the lunar eclipse that we had on May 16th, you'll remember that we said that this week around August 11th, August 12th, August 13th, August 14th, Mars, the energy of action, assertion, and aggression, and war, and stubborn blocks, and whatever, is going to activate these eclipses as it connects with two potent fixed stars. One is Capulus, which is all about male, macho, macho, aggressive energy, and Algol, the Gorgon's head. Right. At 27 Taurus. At 27 Taurus. And so that's going to be happening. So by the time you guys are listening to this on August 12th, you'll be listening to it as Mars will have triggered. Right. The lunar well, or will be in the process of August we'll 12th, well, 13th. But you, but you know how I am. I'm sitting here with my calendar. Okay. Mars should be here. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be looking August 11th and 12th. I'm going to go, okay, where is it? Where's the right. airplane <laughs> falling out of the sky or whatever it oh, is? Where, oh, where is it? And then, and then I'm going to be looking around the 14th as the sun opposes Saturn and Mars hits 27 degrees of Taurus and it's going to be, okay, well, well, where is, where is that? And we yeah, will well, see, we, we will see, a, you know, a genie will jump out of a bottle and a curtain will fall right in a way that makes news. And we're going to go in, okay. Uh, now I've completely forgotten what I was going to say about, <laughs> because, <laughs> because all I can do is think, holy crap, that's my chart. But your chart is, but it's progress. Okay. But see, you know, eclipses are great. They're wonderful opportunities. They're opportunities to release things that no longer serve or push you forward when you're getting in your own way. Yeah, I realize that, but wow, boy, am I, am I, and the thing about eclipses is that eclipses don't give you options. You you don't say, um, let me see the menu. (laughs) It's just like, um, (laughs) I want a, I want a milkshake and I want a hamburger and it's, (laughs) nope, you get nothing. I'm like, oh my God, how old do you have to be to know the reference to that? I think you have to be at least 55. (laughs) (laughs) Caddyshack. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, since I can't remember, let's just, let's just scoot a boot on here. Um, talked about the job numbers. You know what I think we can do? Alex Jones and Brianna Taylor. What have you got for us on? So I, I, I didn't look at Alex Jones. Oh, so there was a Mars Arana surprise. Oh my God. You heard what happened to him, right? I have not. Alex Jones. Holy crap. And you know, what was really interesting to me? I'm going to let you tell people what happened to to him. You can tell him. Okay. So you want to talk? You tell, tell what happened. Well, 
Okay. Well, the reason why I keep deferring to you is because part of the reason that I have been so happy to be down here in Tennessee is that I've just been taking a complete break. Not listening to the news. I know. No, I really, a, I mean, I, know. I do, but I, I've been, because it's my job, but it's, um, right. but it's, but there, there's a certain amount of dipping your toe in that you can get away with rather than be absorbed in it. And I have really been just toe dipping and it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll t- okay. I'll tell. All yeah, right, I'll but tell what Alex I wanted Jones. to say that was fascinating to me hmm. were the pictures I saw of Alex Jones's face oh. as he was, as he, I, I was, cause I didn't read or hear or anything. I just saw a picture of his face and I went, that's really interesting. He looks scared. Yeah. You think he looks he lo- scared Ooh-wee. and yeah. there is a special place in hell, a special place and icy special place in hell for anyone who would do what this man did to the parents of those children at Sandy Hook. When I was, um, I was covering a surgery conference and I had interviewed a number of people that were involved in, and when it's now commonplace anymore, but you talk to surgeons on the front line of all of these mass shooting events where it was starting to become clear that these were not just shooting events. These were detonation events because these guns would blow people's bodies to smithereens. And I had interviewed this, the medical examiner who had um, talked about how, you know, there was nothing left of these children Mm -hmm. and these children had bled to death immediately because they had been, they had basically been eviscerated. They had been Mm -hmm. exploded by these guns. And I never got over the way he had to describe that story to me. And then just the visuals that I had to, think about. And, you know, I didn't, I I did end up having to see pictures of um, the Boston marathon bombing because that was Mm. part of the thing that I was covering. And those, those were gruesome and horrible images. And then to, to then have to think about that someone said, Oh, that was an actor who was playing you as a parent and your children really didn't suffer these, these, incomprehensible acts of violence against them before they died that somebody would would make why would they millions think a good idea you know why do just, they but think that, this is a good but idea some, but that somebody it. would be so i don't know is it twisted is it psychopathic is it evil i don't know so when i, I saw that evil. you were sending his chart over i was fascinated because I never, I never paid that man that much attention. I knew he right. was a force out there, but when, but I've seen him and I know what he looks like and he always looks angry. And so when mm. I saw the picture, I thought, Whoa, what is going on? And I did end up getting the headline and finding out because it was the picture I saw first. And I thought that guy looks scared. He actually was impacted because the mm-hmm. look on his face looked like he had just dropped something in his britches. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yes, what happened was because you're going to know more details. So, so I didn't. I have been not paying much attention to this person either because some people are just so. I mean, like I said, I, 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 there's a wonderful book um, called "People of the Lie" by M. Scott Peck, and it's it's about the nature of evil in in humans. M. Scott Peck also wrote "The Road Less Traveled," but but the "People of the Lie" is is pretty compelling book on why people who seem to present themselves as really nice, fine, upstanding citizens um, are, are quite mean and cruel to, to others. Fascinating because he's a psychologist and he's writing about some of the the clients that he treated and and some of his observations. Um, And it's a companion to another book by one of uh, called shadow and evil and fairy tales by Marie Louise. I think Marie Louise von Franz or something. Anyway, that's another interesting 
uh, book to read about about what people what people who do quote unquote evil things in society what do they what do they represent how they're projecting the shadow of of everybody mm-hmm. else that doesn't want to own the shadow you know saying right. you know this is how an evolved and enlightened soul can have compassion for someone who's doing really horrible things if you take that perspective but on the other hand if you see somebody doing that you kind of want to make them stop okay <laughs> you see yeah. you want to put a stop to this because yeah. you know don't do this this is really why are you making millions of dollars saying that these children did not uh, were not killed by this person with a gun anyway so yeah, Alex but, Jones- but I would just want to say look look I I accept that we have to have people who carry our you know we need beasts of burden I, I haven't read the book but that the you reference yes yeah. but we need them I mean we do there have to just like you know in there this this job still exists in in the you know furthest reaches of Wales there are people on the planet whose job is, is called death eaters. You know, there are people who are Mm. supposed to be the ones that, that carry the burden of the, the grief and the death. And I mean, there, there are jobs that you and I wouldn't want (laughs) that tortured souls carry for humanity. I believe that. I mean, there's, there's just, there's a metaphysical quality to being human and, and being a part of society and, you know, I would argue that what I was saying before about this is the end stage of capitalism. Of course, we'd end up with the kind of presidency that we had, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I know several people who do not support that man, but feel deep compassion. And I, I, they're sincere. They feel deep compassion for how tortured he must be. And I respect that. So when we're talking mm-hmm. about somebody like, like Alex Jones doing what he did, I want to be clear, though, I don't think of him as somebody who's carrying the burden. I don't think of him as, as being a beast of burden of, of our of our darkness. This is some kind of twisted illness in my mind. This is a twistedness that doesn't serve. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. What I I, I yes, 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 yes. And and um when you talk about the people you know who have compassion for people who are doing really horrible things, it reminds me of something that I read once upon a time about if you believe that we choose to come into this lifetime with a list of things that we're going to accomplish that we want to get done, can you imagine the casting call? All right. Who's going to play the role of (laughs) who's going to play the role of Saddam Hussein, right? Okay. So somebody has to come up. Some schlub goes up. Okay. I'll, I'll be Saddam Hussein. Well, you can be Saddam Hussein, but at the end of that line, you're going to be found in a hole in the ground and you're going to be hung publicly and blah, da, 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 and everyone's going to hate you. Well, I guess I'll play that role. And then you have compassion for them because they just, they chose to play this role. I don't know. I have no idea because I don't, because I don't, I don't know. I had not looked at his horoscope, but obviously if you're going to be on trial and the jury is going to find you guilty. And not only is the jury going to find you guilty and say you have to pay millions and zillions of dollars of damages for all the mean, horrible things you said about these children and their parents. And then <laughs> this week in Schadenfreude, um, you're sitting <laughs> in the court and you find that out that ought to be a show. <laughs> and, um, you find out that your attorney mistakenly <laughs> oopsie oopsie doopsie okay so now you yes. have to really you have to lay it out so tell folks so what happened so who is this guy he's so, the head okay, of infowars so he says, he says horrible mean things he said that okay, sandy so hook was Info, all made up Info, 
All right. Yeah. And here's the astrology of it. Now that I'm looking at his horoscope, he's got a, a, a grand trine, sun conjunct Jupiter in Aquarius. He's all about himself. It's, mm. an, it's an air grand shine. So this is a guy that puts out this aura of intellectual self-sufficiency. I know everything. I don't need anything from you. Well, what does he know? He knows Mercury, how he needs to think in Pisces, which is gloopity, gloopity, glop, square Neptune, which is conspiracy yin yang. I wouldn't believe a damn thing this guy had to say. I would not believe anything he has to say unless he's an, a visual artist or 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 he's a uh, you know a, a comedian, a, an actor, somebody who's well, doing see, something no, that, productive let me just, with that visionary potential. Let me put some skids on the on uh, on this just to say, hold on, because that's really important. What you just said about if you were a comedian or an artist, there are going to be a lot of people whose charts reflect what um, combinations of planets you just mm-hmm. called out sure. and. And, you know, lots of people have charts that are really close to people who are devious dirtbags. And that doesn't mean you're going to be a devious dirtbag. Because this goes back to the bigger questions that we often talk about, which is what is fate and what is um, personal choice? You know, what what is your destiny and what is your actual free will? So these are potentials. And this is why I was saying, like, look, I don't see this guy as somebody that I think is carrying the beast's um, burden on his back. You know, I think this is a guy who used, because the flip side of what you're saying he has there is with that, with the sun conjunct Jupiter, holy cow, the immense amount, that's like a megawatt station. He he could could be, it could have been an incredibly successful businessman, which he was. For the benefit of the people because of the Aquarius. Right. But here's what, here's, here's where he gets tripped up. The sun, which is an Aquarius, which is poor, which is challenged to shine in Aquarius, it's a difficult placement, is square Mars in Taurus at 21 degrees of Taurus. So Mars was sitting, and you know, so you're going, so what, but let me finish what happened. So because so so hit Mars, he has Mars in Taurus, square his sun, and Mars has come around in Taurus and then is squaring his sun. So we know this is provocative. Meanwhile, he's got Venus in Capricorn retrograde. So there's there's another statement that when this guy is in a relationship, you really do not know what the heck he is, what is what what is up and what is down, because there's a double agenda going on. This is the trust issue chart. And not only that, but he's got Pluto in Libra, whatever, not connected to anything else in the horoscope. So it's just isolated there, this whole power, 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 screaming for equality somehow, but not connected to anything. But what happened to Alex Jones, okay, looking at this horoscope, you go, wow, this is going to be some week for Alex Jones looking at this horoscope. His world is probably going to be turned upside down. So what happened this week in schadenfreude? (laughs) <laughs> he's and he's he's been not only was he convicted, but he found out through the prosecuting attorney that the defense attorney, meaning Alex Jones's attorney, had accidentally sent two entire years. So it's August <laughs> 2022, meaning going back to August 2020, which includes the date January 6, 2021. Mm-hmm. And when he testified before the J6 committee, he took the fifth a hundred times. And then he told people in the court or whatever that he didn't have certain records, et cetera, et cetera. He finds out from the prosecuting attorney that his attorney has accidentally (laughs) sent to the prosecuting attorney (laughs) 
Maybe that wasn't fear that I saw in his face. Maybe that was just the most massive what the (laughs) years of phone records and text messages that he told them he didn't have. Well, you know, the Jason, he was in touch. He was all over the place, you know, in, in the planning of this attempted coup on January oh, 6th. Lordy. And they have his cell phone records now. So what was what was actually happening in this chart? Mars conjunct Mars square sun and Jupiter. Pluto is at 25 degrees Capricorn being opposed by, uh, excuse me, Venus is at 25 degrees Capricorn. So social values, social expression, money. I mean, it's being challenged by Pluto. And then, Which, oh. and, and Pluto was also, we don't have a birth time for him, but it's probably moon is conjunct Uranus at the late degrees of Libra, meaning it is also being squared by Pluto. So this is this extremes of emotion mm. and turning his world upside down. As wow. Neptune, because we're not, Neptune's not done with him. As Neptune next year will uh, square his Saturn and and continue to melt down his structures and his reality. He'll go to jail. You know, and, we don't, even, and we don't even have, like I said, we don't even have a birth time, but we can look at this birth date and go, whoa, okay, something's going to happen. And it did. Wow. I, I really yeah. do suspect he's going to end up in jail, wow, well, which is interesting because who else would end his, up in jail? It's all the texts and stuff that he took the fifth on. So yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Who else is going to end up in that um, Saturn yeah. Neptune snare? Caught up but here's what stuff. I wonder if, if, you know, like, no, here's another because, thing. No, but Wait. his, his, his attorney, I wonder if that attorney was just like, I can't do this. And so I'm going to accidentally do this instead. <laughs> Well, you that is know, not that is I, poor practice. I mean, I think that you would be barred for doing something like that. But gosh, uh, you have to wonder. Yeah, I it's some maybe the moon was void, of course. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the oh. lawyer was operating under a Neptune transit. I don't know. Or maybe it was intentional. So now flip side, because I just said that Alex Jones, Mars is conjunct Mars transit. So something assertive, provocative is going to happen. Now in Brianna Taylor's case. We don't have a birth time for her either. She was a young, I think she was a, she was a nurse. She was, a, I think she worked in emergency rooms, but don't quote me on that. But I think she was pretty sure she was a healthcare provider. And she was, um, this happened in Kentucky, Louisville. Uh, Louisville. They had, they got a no knock warrant. They were looking for a guy that she had dated a long time ago who was nowhere near anywhere because she had a boyfriend and she was with her boyfriend and they got this search warrant so that would allow them to go and just not knock on the door and just barge into the house and or the apartment and her boyfriend had a, a firearm which he was legally to carry illegally permitted to carry and so when yes, four men barged into the house in the middle of the night for no reason whatsoever um he fired the the gun and shot one in of the officers in self-defense, as he shot the officer in the thigh, it wasn't even lethal. And and the four officers responded by just you know turning the thing into a into a tar into a into, I don't know, it just they they fired like 30 rounds and six of them bullets hit Brianna Taylor while she was in her bed and she died. But the state prosecutors did not bring charges. Right. But Brianna Taylor this week had, because the horoscope keeps working, you can use it as a timing tool, even though her, you know, she's left her body. We can use her horoscope as a timing tool for what's going to happen in events connected to the entity that was Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor had transiting Mars. Her Mars is in Leo. Mars squared it last week. Mars is almost opposing her Pluto. 
so she has this Mars Pluto energy in her chart. So there's, there's this, that there's a very profound force about her. The point is federal prosecutors filed charges against the police officers. The search warrant that was obtained, they lied about it. They lied about that. So they didn't really have an appropriate reason to search her apartment. And yep. next year, Brianna Taylor, she'll be, she would have been 30 on June 5th. So she's having her Saturn return next year. And so I'm thinking that life, her, her life is going to take her life, the, the memory of her life, the memory of her memory that is a blessing is going to take a turn, uh, you know, and things, things are going to perhaps be set, set in a different way. Perhaps her, the people who killed her, who harmed her will be brought to some kind of justice, looking at what's going on oh, in her horoscope. Amazing. I know. It's amazing. I mean, the intricacy of, of the universe and mm -hmm. of all of us overlapping, it's just, it blows my mind. And the tragedy, but the beauty of that is amazing. Well, yeah. I don't have anything else. I've, I've actually kind of hit the wall here and it's dinner time in the old folks home. So <laughs> dinner time in the old folks home. That's a song we just made up. <laughs> Sing for your supper and you'll get so, breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. I know. I love that song. Don Upshaw sings that song. That is that is one of my favorites. Mamas and the Papas sing that song. Cass Elliott sang that song. Yeah. Where can we find each other? Where can people? Yeah. We, sorry. To, um, hey, I have to say, you know, you were raving about you were raving about my forecast, et cetera, et cetera, which is awesome. But I want to tell listeners who have not <laughs> checked out. Whitney's other project, DocuMental, Docu-Mental. Thank you. Yeah, people can always, um, I, I have right now on there, like you can do it for a week for free. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, but thank you for saying that. Yeah, there is a lot going on over at DocuMental. So it's documental.substack.com. I think that we need to leave religion and politics aside and what we really do we need to do as a nation is just accept that we're having a spiritual crisis america's spirit is is where our strength is and uh, i'm making it a particular appeal to christians because they're the ones who seem to make the most noise about leaving the union and yet at the same time if they've cultivated a, a life of compassion and forgiveness, which is what I understand Christianity is supposed to be about. That seems like a really dumb thing to waste. If that's a real resource, yeah, let's let's explore that. <laughs> let's not just write them off as a bunch of people who don't agree with us politically, because we don't know that for sure until we talk to people. Then you know, don't believe the media. I don't believe the media. But anyway, yeah. thank you. Um, your forecast, however, at graceastrology.com is what inspired me to come to you and say, we really ought to do a podcast together because you have this amazing forecast every week and we might just have fun doing it. So mm -hmm. if you want to see where this all started, check out graceastrology.com and um, sign up for Elizabeth's forecast, which is actually free. But if you would like to um, be a material subscriber of this podcast, mm -hmm. we would love to have you. And we are generating more and more content all the time for uh, people who live behind the paywall with us. And you can do so by going to ensold, E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D, ensold.substack.com. 
and of course we're on Spotify finally because I figured that out and iTunes Yay! and lots of other places and we continue to have thousands of downloads and we are in the hundreds in our subscribers but I am not complaining I am actually very proud and very grateful because we are steady streaming now we are steadily streaming upward in terms of the amount of people who are choosing to become material patrons of this podcast so thank you thank you thank you we are buying new equipment. I have an appointment this week to get tutored in <laughs> becoming a better producer. And all of this is made possible by our listeners and fans. So thank you so much. And feel free to leave very nice comments for us in the <laughs> comments section. We like hearts. We do like hearts. We like hearts. So until episode 14, we want to thank you for spending your time with us. And we encourage you to look up because actually this is the last week for the Persaids meteor Persaids. shower, which I went out and saw <gasps> because I can, because it's dark here down in Tennessee. And I saw some shooting stars and it was really fun. So they're out there. And Yay. I always like to encourage people to please fill your heart with hope. Even when it seems like there's nothing to be hopeful about. There is always something to be hopeful about, always. And hope is what gets us to connect to the future. And if you don't have hope, then you're not investing in your future. And if you're not investing in your future, that's pretty scary because mm -hmm. what are you doing? Nice to chat with you, Elizabeth. And yes. we'll catch you all next time on episode 14. 14. Until then, look up. Look Bye. up.